This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley and the Paladin Financial Team. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here's Paladin Financial Talk. Welcome to Paladin Financial Talk. I'm your host, Jeff Quick, and I'm here with my esteemed colleague, a gentleman and a scholar, Mr. (laughs) Tony Shore. I don't know about any of that, honestly. (laughs) Neither do I. Yeah, that's not... That's crazy. That's a crazy good. I don't deserve. I don't even resemble that introduction at, at at all. But Jeff, I'm excited about the show today, man. Are you? Yeah, I really am. Uh, it's it's an interesting one. It scared me a little bit. Uh, the word FAFSA is in the title, and I've gone through that process so many times with my three college age kids. I can I can imagine, and I know last week uh, Zach and Ellie were on talking yes, about they were. some college related uh, topics as well. I think that was more uh, government uh, related ways to maybe get some college rebates, stuff of that nature. So we're kind of rounding that out today with a little more talk on the really exciting topic of FAFSA and student aid and all that great stuff. (laughs) Well, you know what? Student aid and paying for uh, either helping your children through their college years or whether it's for yourself, uh, it is important. And I think this is a great topic you've chosen. Um, I'm just surprised that you're awake enough to go through this because didn't you come to the show today? You came to the studio directly from an annual compliance meeting, didn't you? I did. I did. And it's one of my favorite topics, Tony. <laughs> but yes, an hour and a half of compliance. It was it was amazing. Yeah. I don't know if you're an 80s music fan, but I always think of, I, I made up a little, he blinded me with compliance. <laughs> Robert Dolby? Uh, Thomas, Thomas Dolby. Thomas Dolby. You almost got I, it. I was close. I was yeah. close. Yeah. It was, she blinded me with science, but I think he blinded me with compliance. I like that. Because I, like I was that. supposed, I peeked my head in there and I'm like, I thought of that. I wanted to yell it out, but I, I refrained. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they would have appreciated that I'm at the sure. GS compliance meeting. Yeah. They're not uh, the most humorous. <laughs> <laughs> the compliance folks, they take it seriously, which is what they need to do. So uh, I guess we should jump right in, right? Uh, why Why not, Tony? Why not? And, you know, before we get to the fun topic of FAFSA, and again, yeah. try saying that three times real quickly, FAFSA, right? FAFSA, FAFSA, FAFSA. Well, you're a professional. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> I wanted to talk about a, a few options that could take place before that. Uh, several options for saving for college prior to needing the resources. You know, some of the most popular college savings vehicles. We're mostly familiar with 529 plans. We have Coverdale education savings accounts. Uh, and then there's custodial accounts, UTMAs and UGMAs, regular savings accounts. There's a lot of ways to save uh, prior to you or your children or grandchildren uh, attending higher education. And sometimes those aren't uh, are necessarily reached or you're not able to uh, fully fund those goals. Ah, okay. Yeah, and that's that's important to understand. Obviously, uh, you want to have goals. You want to be able to fund them. 
And college, wow, you know, it can really derail it, can it? Yeah, it's getting more and more expensive as as we know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 529s, I said, Tony, they're the most popular. Those are state-sponsored tax advantage uh, plans that are specifically for uh, educational expenses. There's uh, tax benefits such as tax-free withdrawals for qualified education. Uh, They do have relatively high contribution limits. So it is a great way uh, to meet those future costs. Uh, So there are some advantages. Nearly any accredited institution will accept funds from a 529 and they're they're an excellent choice uh, for long-term college savings. Yeah. Yeah. I know we have a couple of 529 plans for our children and uh, we utilize those, as you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's good and bad. Uh, I think it's just one tool that's out there yes. uh, to use and it is a good one. Um, there are tax benefits. Uh, the money comes out tax free. So right. I like that. Yes, that uh, that is the, the major benefit. There are some other options. Uh, Coverdale ESAs are another tax advantage option. There are some differences. There is a little bit more flexibility with those in that you can use them also for K through 12. If you have a child that's, you know, is potentially going to a private school or some specialized school, you can use that for those, which is more difficult to do with a 529 plan. Uh, So there's pros and cons to both of those. Yeah, so uh, Coverdale, Coverdale ESAs, that's yes, what they're called? Correct. Interesting. So um, I've never, I'm not familiar with those. Um, uh, I never, that was never presented to us as an option when we started this years ago. Yeah, and it, it's, it's mainly the low contribution limits that hold hold people back from those. You can put a lot more into a 529 plan. So. Oh, okay, yeah, that, I, that makes sense then. That yep. makes sense. So obviously... Um, I think this is really important. The these that's helpful information for our listeners. And moving on, what can you tell us about custodial accounts? Sure, these are a little bit different. Uh, there's UTMAs and UGMAs, so Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. So the the major difference, they're very simple to set up. They do allow you to transfer the assets to a minor, and you're able to retain control over those assets depending on which state, up until the age majority, which is typically between 18 and 21 years of age, again, state dependent. Uh, However, once they reach that age majority, those assets do become the child's, and now they can do whatever they would like with those assets. So some people like the idea of that. Hey, I want to leave some money for little Johnny or, or Susie, and they can do whatever they want for it. I hope they choose to use it for higher education. But if that's not uh, in their path, I still want them to have the funds and be able to do what they would like with them. Utma and Ugma. Like, are those the two German twins that live down the road? Or is that, <laughs> <laughs> or is that a Pink Floyd album title, Uma Guma or yeah, something? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I, I, that, that's funny. I love these acronyms, right? Uh, that, that always gets me. But it is important. So custodial, uh, these custodial accounts provide flexibility, but they aren't necessarily earmarked for the purpose of college savings. Is Correct. What saying. Yeah. Correct. So for those who might not want to use specialized accounts, can regular savings or investment accounts um, work for college savings? So would you ever recommend that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, if you're on a short time horizon yeah. and you're there might not be a lot of benefit to investing that money in the very sure. short term. You want to make sure the funds are there. Savings account, especially with the higher interest rates today, 
can be a great short-term uh, solution for that. Sure. So there's a lot of different vehicles out there that make sense. And again, the benefit of those uh, is there are no limitations on what those funds can be used for. Yeah, and I like that. You know, with a 529, it's very explicit. It has to be for certain things. Correct. And it's all directly college-related. It is. And I don't know if you're familiar or not, Tony, but we did just pass the SECURE Act 2.0. So one of the great benefits of that with the 529 plans is if the person those are assigned to does not use them for higher education, they can now be converted to a Roth IRA over time. So it's not a complete loss if they don't use those for higher education. So that was a very uh, a, a positive impact of the Secure Act 2.0. And another thing it did, correct me if I'm wrong, I wanted to ask you about this, Jeff. Didn't that also make it so you could use 529 money for lower education? Like you said, or I think you mentioned, referred to this earlier, you could use it for even uh, high school and other things? You like can that? use it for other things. Now, they're becoming more and more flexible. You know, the longer they're in existence, people do find other reasons, good reasons for them. Sure. And with the high cost of college, more and more kids going to vocational schools and oh, yeah. stuff of that sure. nature, yeah. they're making them more and more flexible. That's good. That's good. And, and that's great information on different ways to save for higher education because it's outrageously expensive. It, our our daughter said, I want to go to St. Thomas, right? Sure. Uh, when she was a junior in high school. And we said, no. We can't afford that, and we don't want you taking out loans. Uh, you know, you would have, I mean, the, it would be astronomical what she would owe. Yes. And you're, you're going to graduate with a business degree or what, and then you've got all these loans. What job could you possibly get to justify that cost? Well, she went out, and she got a scholarship. Oh, good for uh, her. Covered full tuition, the whole thing. Very nice. Yeah. So that and so she went to St. Thomas, but she would have never got it, you know, she would have never went there. You know, we said, no, we're not paying for it. So. Yeah, sure. Well, congratulations to her and congratulations yes. to you as yes. well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who is more excited. I think uh, I, we walked around pretty giddy for for a while on that one because, yeah. you know, that's huge, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we're just saving, what, $44,000 a year. After her, you know, the um, the uh, the scholarship she would have gotten the top, I think it still would have been around between thirty-five dollars and $44,000 for tuition. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's real money, even to you and I, Jeff. Well, <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and the, the tricky part is a lot of people like to uh, save for their students' college, fund yeah. that. Very few people are able to save up enough to pay for the entire cost through that, right. which brings us to our next topic, Okay, right? Your, your favorite five letters, right? FAFSA. FAFSA. <laughs> FAFSA. Yeah. It's hard to say correctly. It took me a while. Uh, those, those, that, that scares me because it is, I don't know how the average person figures it out because yeah. it is confusing. It is complicated. There are deadlines. It's tricky. Um, uh, you fight with the website. You have to have all these usernames and passwords. So I feel for the parents out there that have to deal with that. Yes. I mean, I've been dealing with it for, you know, a number of years now with my children. Yeah. So. And most people do do deal with it and it does stand for free application for federal student aid. Uh-huh. So even in order, Tony, uh, you know, to get things. So it, it's any type of funding that's going to help students pay for college expenses. This could right. be in the form of grants, right? Scholarships, loans, work study programs. It's really crucial to be able to complete that because a lot of scholarships, you need 
to also have certain income levels to even have an opportunity to earn some of those. So in order to qualify, you need to complete a FAFSA. That's true. Yeah, and uh, it is. And so obviously we need to dive into this. It's the free application for federal student aid, as you said. Uh, Explain a little bit more about it. Why is this so important? Yeah, well, it's just a standardized form that's used by the Department of Education to help determine eligibility for different types of loans, grants, scholarships that may be out there. So they're going to gather information on your family's financial situation, calculate the family's expected contribution based on your income. They're going to expect you to be able to contribute so much, whether you want to or not, there's a certain amount you should be able to pay. And so it it plays a huge role in determining their eligibility. Uh, Colleges, states, private institutions, they all award financial aid based on the FAFSA. Yeah. So you have to fill that out. It's so important. And I know some schools, uh, their student aid office provides help if you need help with it. Yes. I know I know it can get confusing. Yes. So um, I think we finally got the process down after three kids, but yeah. yeah. Well, you do it once. Hopefully a lot of the information is repeated the, yes. for the following years and you're able to do that. Uh, it does start, you can do that as soon as October 1st, which is right around the corner here. Oh, that's true. So the earlier you start, the better, because it could come back with errors. You may have questions on it. It could take more time uh, than you intended to. So applying applying early is going to increase your chances. Gather all your financial documents, tax returns before you start. Accuracy is super important. Uh, Any mistakes could delay the eligibility process. And if you have questions, like you said, you can reach out to a financial advisor like ourselves at Paladin or a lot of the colleges and institutions have people in their financial aid office, uh, that will help as well. And keep in mind, if you don't have this filled out right away, you could miss out on some scholarship and grant opportunities because other people are going to be ready and apply ahead of you. Yeah, that's Jeff, that is a critical, critical thing. And I know this from experience. You have to fill it out. Do it as soon as possible, as soon as it's available. Uh, so October 1st, didn't you say? Correct. Yeah, and accuracy is so important, obviously. And you have to be accurate and do it early. Yes. Uh, and that is, and don't, you have to do it. It's not, this isn't optional. You have to do it if you want to, uh, your child to have an affordable education. Or if you're a, a young person out there, if you want to get more of your college paid for yes. uh, and you not out of pocket for you or your parents or for parents, for you and your kids, you got to do the FAFSA. You got to fill it out as accurately as possible. You have to figure it out. You have to get it done. And it's going to take longer than you think it is. Yes. Just, uh, and you're going to need more information than you think you'll need. But uh, do once it's done, it's a it's a lot of and for my youngest daughter who we just did it for we were shocked at w- what came back I mean there were things that she was eligible for and got sure that our first two kids didn't get and we yeah. were surprised by that so yeah. I, I think that's important so uh, what are some of the moving on what are some of the common sources for a uh, student aid yeah so there's really three main types of, of aid Tony we talk a little bit about them uh, Grants and yep. scholarships, which yep. that's typically free money, right? That doesn't need to be repaid. Yep. And then you have different types of federal loans, right. which will be repaid, of course, with interest, of course, yes. yep. uh, and work-study programs where your, your kids can get job opportunities, typically through the college, the administration, where they can 
commit to working a cer- certain number of hours to help pay uh, for that tuition throughout the year. Um, one thing I want to go back and make sure people are aware of, if you know your student is going to require some type of financial aid, that should always also be taken into consideration when determining how you want to save for college, whose name the money should be in, because that's all going to count differently on the FAFSA and could uh, make them eligible or ineligible for certain uh, grants and scholarships Uh. and loans based on your resources and your child's resources. So you want to make sure you work all this stuff ahead of time and as early as possible to make the best plans. Uh, for you and your family. Yeah, good advice. Uh, that's really, really good advice. And um, I, I think, uh, what about scholarships, though? Uh, I, I know there's a lot available, and you always hear these stories. I always read about all these scholarships that go unclaimed, yeah. or uh, there's so many available. Um, what about scholarships? Yeah, scholarships obviously are great, right? You do not have to pay those back, and yeah. you can offset at least a portion of the cost. So a couple, couple things you can do. One, uh, reach out for different uh, scholarship opportunities through your college, private organizations, uh, high school prior to going to college or committing. A lot of high schools have uh, scholarships from various uh, alumni that have left time, maybe for soccer players or sure. volleyball, something they participate in, speech. There's a lot of different small scholarships yeah. out there, and the key is doing your research looking into these organizations. There's a couple of databases out there, uh, FastWeb or scholarships.com, where you can find scholarships that are available with different criteria. Uh, they're all different eligibility requirements. So pay attention to that. And again, start early. Look in all kinds of different places. Ask people. Uh, I have a gentleman my son plays hockey with. He happened to have graduated from the college my daughter goes to, and he's always looking for people to give that money to from his wow. firm because they have alumni. And so they're looking for students that meet certain criteria and sometimes they have trouble finding them. That's that's amazing. I've heard that as well. So, uh, and there are so many lists and so many options out there, like the scholarship that my daughter found uh, at St. Thomas. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You never know what's out there, but you have to put in the work. Some of them require your the student to write a few essays, yes. go through some interviewing process, but in the end, that's worth it. I mean, a few hours put in to apply for a scholarship is nothing compared to tens of thousands of dollars off your education. A- absolutely, and if you think about it this way, in general, people are typically lazy, for lack of a better term, sure. right? So the more work required to apply for a scholarship, typically the less number of applicants there are applying right. for that, so you're increasing your opportunities and it's good to learn how to do that and go through that process anyways. It's a great thing to be able to do to write and to complete uh, an application like that. So Yeah, it is. It, it, it's good experience to have to do that. Yes. Yeah. It'll be better down the road, and that'll help you. You know, I, I would tackle the, the if you have a scholarship opportunity that requires a lot, go through that process first if you can, and then you can utilize some of those same skills as you apply for other scholarships. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great discussion. Uh, are there any final thoughts you have on this financial aid process? Well, yeah, Tony, and this one relates to exactly what you said about uh, your own daughter. You told her you couldn't afford to go to a certain school. Well, uh, remember, financial aid is designed to make education accessible, so don't be discouraged right. by the high cost of college 
start the planning early, as we said, apply for as many scholarships and grants as possible, fill out your forms uh, properly. The FAFSA makes, make sure you have all the details, get that done as early as possible. Look for guidance from people that maybe specialize in college planning, financial advisors, uh, the financial aid office at your chosen institution. There's a lot of different resources out there. Make sure you take advantage of them. And remember that education, it's an investment in your future. And with careful planning, you can make it a reality. Awesome. Well, that's great. Now, if we have any listeners out there who have any questions about this topic or other topics, whether it's uh, retirement income planning, whether it's social security maximization, IRAs, investments, uh, market volatility, uh, IRAs, uh, Roths, 401ks, or uh, student loan planning. How do I pay for my child's, how do I save for my child's education? That's where you come in, Jeff. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you can call us at any time at 651-842-8406. Any one of our advisors will be happy to speak with you. That's the best way. You can also find us uh, on the old interweb there, yep, Tony, yep. at our new web address, yep. paladinfinancial.com, which is exciting for us. Yep. Right? We just recently acquired that, so easier to find uh, than ever. And we also have seminars uh, you could attend as well to learn more about all of these topics, and that's listed on our website as well. Excellent, Jeff. Great show today. Great topic. I love it. Uh, It hits close to home for me and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners out there. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for viewing. That does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or enforced by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.